Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of She Squared, the podcast that gives voice to the written word of your favorite fem slash pairings. My name is Natasha Lance, and I want to just take a moment to thank you for tuning in. I know there are probably many other podcasts that do this kind of thing, but you chose to listen to us, and we're very grateful for that. I think we can all agree that there are can never actually be too many ways to consume Um, our favorite stories, especially where we find ourselves in the world today. I think we could all use more time on the things that we love. So we're really looking forward to to getting involved uh, heavily with this podcast and and getting more of you involved heavily in this podcast and kind of talking to you about your favorite pairings and um, how you got involved in them, how you became a writer or creator in any medium whatsoever. Um, We'd really just love to hear from you. So that being said, um, I want to take a moment to thank all of our amazing fan fiction writers and the ridiculously talented fan art creators, everyone who takes time out of their lives to give us more of our favorite characters. We don't own these characters as creators, but we do love them, and there's something powerfully beautiful in our communities because of that. So thank you. And authors, we really want to showcase you here, so reach out to us with your stories or permissions. Um, either on Tumblr at she squared podcast on Tumblr or um, email at she squared podcast at gmail.com. I promise we will get back to you. We are a little bit busy um, filming a short film right now, but um, we've got a, a couple of things up in the air, but we're going to try to get this uh, going every single week. Um, if possible, obviously that's going to be dependent upon our authors giving permissions. I promise um, when I'm, <laughs> When I am um, interacting with people on AO3 and I'm asking for permission to read your stories on a podcast, I promise I'm not just some weirdo who's not actually reading your story on a podcast. Um, So uh, if you, you know, want to reach out and, and, and give us permission to do that, we would really, really appreciate that. So thank you so much to the authors who have already given us permission and who have interacted with us. Um, We, we will absolutely Uh, beginning to your recommendations, to your requests. I've already reached out to multiple authors about them, and we'll just see where it goes. So settle in, sit back, and relax, and we are going to read Love is for the Birds by Swan Queen Granger this week. Um, It's an older story. It's a Swan Queen story, obviously, that was originally written on fanfiction.net. I don't believe this has been published on AO3 yet. Um... It's a, it's a couple of years old. It, it actually takes place in season one of uh, Once Upon a Time, which I think we can all agree fan fiction makes a thousand times better of a production. But um, as always, uh, we do not uh, proclaim to be the owners of any of these characters. Um, We're not making any money off of any of this, as uh, none of our fan fiction writers are doing. So sit back, enjoy, and we will get started. Love is for the Birds by Swan Queen Granger. Pairing is Regina Mills and Emma Swan. Regina Mills. Emma hates to even think the name, yet she can't seem to help it. Ever since she came to this town, even merely that name in her mind makes it race, which is just pathetic, but inevitable. Regina has this way of looking at you that can simultaneously make your skin crawl and your heart skip a beat. 
Emma growls low in her throat at the thought of it. Damned if she can't ruin a good night of drinking, too. The glass thuds against the table loudly, with much more force than is probably anticipated from her silent form. They're here to be celebrating Ashley's engagement, after all. She's pretty sure that the three women opposite her are beginning to question her sanity with the silent anger she's been radiating all evening. Oh, and by the punctuated scowls interchanging with smiles on her lips. Yeah, she's pretty sure those aren't helping, either. Somewhere in her, she knows she's being a whack job, but she just can't seem to let any of this go. Stupid Regina and her stupid skirts. She's pretty sure Ruby may know more than she's letting on about her slightly naughty obsession with the illustrious mayor. Another low growl punctuates itself from Emma's throat at the image her mind has yet again managed to conjure, and she tosses the drink back once more, all but draining its contents. She has to get this secret out of her so it'll stop clawing at the insides of her brain. With a sigh, she scans the three faces of her friends before her and settles quickly on a decision. Ruby definitely can handle a bit of the rough-and-tumble lesbo nation that is her life, but Mary Margaret and Ashley? She can't even fathom uttering the word dildo in their proximity. Okay, so maybe it's a very naughty obsession with the illustrious mayor. And so she sighs again, sinks into her hand on the table, and tries to focus on Mary Margaret as she animatedly goes over the details of the upcoming party. At last, for all of about ten seconds, because the thing about Regina, and this is what makes it all the more irritating, is that it's as if she isn't even trying. Which, let's face it, Emma tells herself with another scowl and sip of her drink, she fucking isn't. It's her damn personality. It's that air about her which seems to emphasize that she owns everything and everyone, including Emma herself. Especially Emma herself. And who is she to disagree with her? She's the one who so willingly punched Graham in the stomach when she caught him sneaking out of Regina's bedroom window. She's the one who was patrolling down her street by coincidence, thank you very much, at precisely the right time in order to see it. But... And it's here that the drunken, masochistic part of her chimes in with what surely is the most brilliant epiphany ever. If there is one thing Emma knows about Regina Mills, it's that that woman is ten steps ahead of everyone. She would have only allowed Emma to see what she wanted Emma to see, right? Which begs the question, why was Regina wanting me to see Graham sneaking out of her bedroom window in the middle of the night? Emma finds herself pointing her glass emphatically across the table at the suddenly silent women, her eyes scanning triumphantly across three shocked faces because her drunken ass just single-handedly wrote the book on one Regina Mills. And just like that, reality hits and her mind goes blank for a moment because, did she just fucking say that out loud? Okay, quick expression check, Emma. Shit. Just what were you hoping to accomplish with that little outburst, Swan, huh? To improve your chances of at least one of the three women staring at you like you've lost your mind, suddenly agreeing that indeed, it did it seem rather odd yet totally plausible that Regina would plan for you to be on her street at that exact moment and have Graham slip out of her window just at that precise time? What, because she's a bitch like that? Emma can feel her heartbeat pounding against her chest, but she refuses to acknowledge the fact that no one asked a question about this particular subject, and she's pretty sure they were discussing something else entirely. Nope, just gonna blow right by that one. Mary Margaret has a scrunched look of confusion knitted firmly in her eyebrows and chances a slow, creeping glance at the other two women. Ashley has her eyes firmly swiveling back and forth between the teacher and Ruby, as if mere speech would cause the world to come to an abrupt halt. Ruby just grins at Emma slowly, raising the glass to her lips like the last pieces of a puzzle have finally clicked into place. And ever so slowly, Emma can feel her chest tightening up because no one has said a fucking word. 
Even though Emma's pretty sure she just confessed her crazy internal monologue of stalking Regina in the hopes that she is secretly stalking her back, she still can't be sure it truly happened because they're all just staring at her and each other in these varying degrees of uncertainty and, oh, smugness, that's good. Damn it, Ruby. And in that instant, years of self-protective training kicks in and just like that, Emma's backpedaling. I saw a really big pigeon on the way over here. An involuntary wince begs to be let out onto her features as she mentally facepalms herself right at the table for voicing the first idiotic thing that came to her mind. Hey, at least it wasn't about dildos. Some part of her mentally high-fives herself for that small miracle. Mary Margaret and Ashley exchange sliding glances once more, and Ruby merely sips her drink and continues to grin. God damn it. Really, Swan? Really? Okay, so you're going to go with this. Balls to the wall, then. What, you got something against pigeons? I mean, I know they're rat-like and all, but they have some pretty colors. I saw red in there once. That's my favorite color. And as if it somehow proves her now uninhibited rambling, she points to her jacket like a crazy person. See, look at my jacket. It's red. Mary Margaret slides confused eyes back towards her and slowly raises one eyebrow. I suppose they do have a nice iridescent quality about them. Her statement comes out in the form of a question, and suddenly Emma's looking at them all, challenging them silently to contradict her on this. Emma Swan, the sudden and apparent goddess of pigeons. Ashley lets her eyes float to Mary Margaret for a moment, who raises her eyebrows in a manner that seems to beg for her to join in this ridiculous conversation, because she, even in her way less drunken state, can see how utterly badly Emma is wanting to dig herself out of a thing that shall not be named. I like the purple ones? Mary Margaret's overly animated nod of agreement and subsequent launch into their scientific reasonings behind the colorization makes Emma's heart swell with gratitude. Ashley's blind and silent agreement to continue the completely ridiculous line of conversation shines a more positive light of friendship upon her in Emma's eyes. At that moment, watching her talk for the life of her like she gives two dams about pigeon coloring makes her think she'd do anything for her. And Emma's already promised some kind of creepy debt to an even creepier dude to save the woman's baby and she didn't even know her. Somehow this is all Regina's fault. The thought blazes into her brain quickly, and it's only as Emma agrees that probably pigeons and doves are the same bird that she catches Ruby's eye. The dark-haired beauty is regarding her with something akin to amusement and intrigue. Emma wants to tell her friend to shove it because she knows that she absolutely knows her secret, and besides, Ruby would only laugh at her if she told her to do so. Instead, she settles for staring at her, daring her silently to sway this new and safe topic of conversation that she herself must be way too drunk for because it's starting to genuinely pique her interest. It's Mary Margaret's voice that stops the all-knowing battle of eyebrow raises between them. What do you think, Ruby? Pigeons or doves? What's prettier? Silence hangs in the air for a moment as Emma stares at the smirking brunette. She leans back into her chair and lifts her glass to her lips. God, she knows. Everything. Damn it. Who are we to judge them by such a limited view, light or dark? Emma's eyes find Ruby's in a pointed look, knowing full well what she's saying in a ridiculous metaphor about the political correctness of judging pigeons. Like this is not the most ludicrous conversation ever held in the history of speech. That's true. You know, we just started going over the notion of power struggles in class. And just like that, Mary Margaret launches into school-related curriculum. And Emma has never been more grateful for the apparent segue power of birds. She leans back slowly and holds the look with Ruby for a moment. 
She can feel the grin tugging at her lips, and she raises her glass to hide it. Sometimes, sometimes she loves Ruby. Besides, light or dark doesn't really matter when they got an ass that just won't quit in a business skirt. The drink sputters out of Emma's mouth in a coughing fit as Ruby grins once more and pushes herself from the table. Next round's on me, ladies. Silence reigns around the table again as she prances towards the bar. Emma squints her eyes in exaggerated anger as the waitress tosses a wink back over her shoulder and disappears into the crowd. Yeah, sometimes she loves Ruby, and sometimes she remembers why she sometimes wants to shoot Ruby. With a deep sigh, Emma slides her view slowly towards the two women who are now determinedly looking anywhere but at her. Well, that's it. Nothing's going to get her out of this now. Ruby returns just as quickly and passes out tequila shots to three very readily waiting hands. As she slides into the booth and raises the glass, Emma sighs. Red is definitely not her favorite color anymore. Mm -hmm.